0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to be able to be a part of your journey. Whether you're listening while driving, whether you're listening while walking, or whether you're listening while just chilling out. (laughs) Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your journey. Again, for those of you that are listening to this podcast on our website, what we would encourage you to do is to head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and subscribe. That way when we post new podcasts, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified about it, and be able to listen in and partake of the encouragement. And really, that's the goal of this podcast It's for you to listen to something where you will walk away uplifted, where you will walk away encouraged, where you will walk away with a perspective of maybe I should consider this aspect about God and about who he is. Or maybe I should try this change in my life to see what kind of person I could be what kind of steps that I could take to be the best version of myself that I could be. So really, that's our prayer. That's why we do this podcast. It's just for it to be an opportunity for you to be able to grow. Now, the way that this podcast works is on Sundays, we'll talk about a certain subject. And then at the podcast itself, we'll actually begin to dig into some different aspects of that subject. So the idea behind it is that the Messages on Sunday and the podcast during the week will come together to create a complete idea. For example, right now we're in the middle of a series called "Solution," and here's the idea behind it: is whenever you have a problem, you're always looking for the solution to that problem. Well, within our souls, there are certain challenges that exist. And so, how can we find the solution to our soul solution that we need? And so, that really is—that's the idea behind this series. And we really do hope that what we've talked about so far has encouraged you, has challenged you. And so, here's what we're doing: we're walking through these solutions. And on Sunday, we talk about why certain solutions are so important. And really what we're saying, those solutions are spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines that we can take and begin to implement into our lives so that as a result of being able to live out those disciplines, we get the most out of life. We get the most out of what Jesus designed for us to be. He says in John chapter 10, that, hey, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full or as we maybe say as we would say today have it to the max maybe we wouldn't say that today have i just dated myself once again (laughs) maybe i have but for us to be able to live the best life possible that really is the desire for this And and for us to begin to look at how do we implement those things into our lives so that it really can happen. Because I I think when it comes to living out the spiritual disciplines is not something that is always prevalent in the Christian lifestyle. And the result of that can be that the depth of what it is that we could attain, that the level of life of what it is that we can attain, it, it really can be limited if we're not willing to put those practices in the place in our lives. So we're looking at those solutions. What are the spiritual disciplines? And so each week on Sundays, we'll talk about why those disciplines are so important. And then what we'll do during the week is we'll talk about how to implement them and what they will look like. And So here's the thing that we said on Sunday. Is we said, our souls are powerless when we're alone. Our souls are powerless when we are alone. Now, I, I know that there's this growing philosophy that says, you know what? I can be a Christian and I can follow Jesus and I don't need a church to do it. I don't need a church to do it. And and I guess I want to push back on that a little bit. I guess, what would you expect? I'm a pastor, right? (laughs) But but, but before you turn off the podcast, and hopefully you haven't done so yet, maybe hear me out and just hear what it is that I have to say in this way. Now, again, I want to make this really clear because I, I know that for some of you, the reason why you tune out from that is because of, the pain that you've experienced in church, the judgment that you've experienced in church, the judgment that you continue to see in church, the hypocritical lives that you continue to see in church. And you're thinking, if that's what exists in church, then do I really want to be a part of that? And I get it. I I, I get that part of it. I really do. And I wish that I could say something differently. I wish that I could say that there is a different churches out there, and and there are. I mean, there are churches that are really trying to do the best to be the best that they can be. But still, there is this significant limitation that we all have, and it's called humanity. And in in our humanity, we will make mistakes, we'll say the wrong things, we'll jump to the wrong conclusions. And again, I'm I'm not saying that it's right because from church, we should try to expect something differently from church. I understand that. But in the end, at the end of the day, there is still limits because of our humanity. And, and on the other side of that, one of the beauties of having the kind of relationships that the scriptures encourage us to have is having that opportunity to work through a challenge with someone, to work through a disagreement, to work through a conflict, to work through a shortcoming, to work through an element of our lives where we feel like we haven't arrived or maybe there are times where people may observe something in us that we don't observe in ourselves that will allow us to be able to grow and to develop and change as well. But I think it's so important for us to understand that church is designed by God. When the church gets it right, there is absolutely Nothing more beautiful. Absolutely nothing more beautiful. But I I wonder if we should change the criteria for what it means to get it right. Now, I, I agree. The church should be a loving place. It should be a loving place where you can connect and be encouraged and healed and grow. It, it should be that. And and I pray that our church then encounters a place where that can happen, where it encounters a place where we are growing, we are developing. You have the freedom to be yourself and process Christ on your path. It, it, it should be that. But I, I wonder if sometimes we hold the church up to you a criteria that it can't meet because of the fact that we are human and we do make mistakes in church i want to speak to you to me that maybe just maybe we need to examine ourselves and wonder if if i'm on a high horse am i am i on a high horse of judgment am i on a high horse of Condemnation. Because here's the truth. It's hard for me to give out the hand of encouragement when it's followed by the backhand of judgment. Ooh, that's Twitter worthy, isn't it? I mean, that's 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 a good one. I might put that on our social media because it is true, it is it is hard for me to give out the hand of encouragement and support. When it's followed through by the backhand of judgment. And so, church, we have to examine ourselves too. Have we have we shot ourselves in the foot? Have we have we stopped have we stopped in essence being what God has called us to be? And is it possible that maybe we've done that because we've lost sight of the big picture? And and what is the big picture? Mark 12. 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Many of you will recognize that as the great commandment. Then Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you and surely I will be with you until the very end of the age which is also known as the Great Commission have we lost sight of the Great Commandment and the Great Commission because of the way that we view church today that's a great question that we have to ask ourselves, that's a great thing that we have to ponder and really look at. Have I, have I lost sight of the big picture? Because it really is easy to do. It really is easy to do. I remember it was 1987. I was 18 years old. And I got on a plane and I flew to Columbia, South Carolina. And when I got off that plane, I got onto a bus and I rode that bus to Fort Jackson in South Carolina. And within a matter of days, I was starting basic training in the army. I remember that and I can remember it so, so vividly. And I could tell you my first few days of basic training sucked. (laughs) Well, I know that that's one of those words, right? Pastors aren't supposed to use the word sucked. Well, it did. (laughs) It really did. All I wanted to do was leave. All I wanted to do was go home. I was tired of these guys like yelling at me day in and day out, just pushing me. And I I just, I was just done. I was just done. And I remember one day we were in our barracks and it was raining outside. And so the training that we had planned on doing that day that required us to be outside had been adjusted. And so we were inside and we were, standing around with our drill sergeants. And I remember our drill sergeants was just, it was just a fun day. It, it actually ended up being a fun day. I remember a drill sergeant looked at me and said, Private Ballard, Private Ballard, where are you from? And I said, I'm, I'm from California. California? You're from California? Are, are you a Laker fan? And I said, well, drill sergeant, yes. I, I happen to to like the Lakers. He said, Well, I'm a Celtic fan and I hate the Lakers. You beat us in the NBA Finals last year. Drop. And he actually made me get down and do push-ups <laughs> because I was a Laker fan. And then he went around the room and he did that to several other people. But it but it wasn't a thing where it was animosity or anything like that. But it was it it was just a fun day that we actually connected with our with our drill sergeants and I also remember one day there was there was this one guy in our platoon his name was Bloss. he was from Guam and Bloss, man he could do push-ups like no other I mean he could just crank them out and I remember the drill sergeant called about hey Bloss, I've heard about you I've heard that you could do push-ups like no like you're a little piston uh, a piston from like an engine like you could just knock out push-ups he goes yeah, you know, I, I, I could do that. And so the drill sergeant said, okay, how about this? How about this? I'm going to challenge you to a push-up challenge. And if I win, the whole platoon has to knock out 50 push-ups. But if you win, the platoon can have ice cream. And Bloss was like, I don't know, drill sergeant. He was worried about the whole platoon having to do 50 push ups. So then what happens is he's like, I don't know. And so we were like, Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. So we started chanting it, Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. And we're like, Come on, Bloss, you could do it. You could do it. Because we knew that this guy could knock out some serious push ups. However, my drill sergeant was built. I mean, he was. He was like, I mean, he, his arms were like pythons. I mean, they were, they were like, if you were to look at a trainer, okay, how about this? I'll give you a, a picture. Imagine the rock, Dwayne Johnson as your drill sergeant. That was him. That was our drill sergeant. I mean, that's the kind of physique that our drill sergeant had. And so Blas was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do more push-ups than you, drill Sergeant. But he was like, all right. So they get down, and they start knocking out push-ups. And I mean, like, knocking out significant push We're talking 50, then they got to 100, then they got to 150, then they got to 200, then they got to 250, then they got to 300, 325, 340, 350, 361. And that's when the drill sergeant called it and said, Blas, you're a monster. You're a monster. And we were able to get ice cream. It was stinking awesome, but, but I'll tell you, the reason why that was so important to me, that day marked the change. It really marked the change for me because when we were in our barracks and we were having fun with the drill sergeant, that moment with Bloss, is what the drill sergeant used to teach us something. And the drill sergeant said, look, it's important for you to understand that you are all in this together. You're all in this together. And that was kind of the theme going throughout basic training is whenever somebody else messed up then the entire platoon would be punished. Whenever someone else succeeded then the entire platoon would be honored. There was something about going through this process of being in it together. And that's when it changed for me. That's when I got it. That's when I realized I need to do something different here. And so what I started doing differently is I changed my mindset because I realized that my choice wasn't just affecting me that my choice if I followed through on it affected the entire platoon and if I didn't follow through on what I needed to follow through the entire platoon was doing push-ups if I didn't put my gas mask and its carrier protect uh, in the proper manner the entire platoon was doing push-ups if I didn't make my bed with the correct 45 degree corner, my entire platoon was doing push ups. If I didn't roll my t shirts at a six inch width, the entire platoon was doing push ups. I mean, I-, I could go through the list of things that we were held accountable for. And it got to a point where if It wasn't just you, like your squad could be doing push-ups. Your platoon could be doing push-ups. So it was very interesting in that way, But, but it changed for me in that moment. And from that moment on, I began to realize how important we are as a team, how important we are to do this together. And I will also say that for me, I became stronger With that mindset, I started breaking some of my own personal records in how I would do push-ups and sit-ups, how fast I could do the two-mile run. I started breaking my own records in that way. And each time I would grow and I would develop and I would get stronger and stronger and stronger because of the mindset that I need to do one more. I need to do one more because it makes my platoon look good. I need to do one more because That means that it it limits the amount of push-ups that everyone else in the platoon has to do. It changed for me. And and I wonder. Because when you read through the scriptures, you will see that the example of the military and a soldier is used quite often as examples. And, And I wonder if that's why. Like, what if we took that approach? To church. Now I want to make this really clear. I'm not gonna make the church do 50 push-ups <laughs> or anything like that. I'm not gonna do that. But what if we put what if we took that approach? Like, church is better when we're together. And see, that's the that's the one element that you miss. Like, if you try to grow on your own, you're limited to how far you can grow. Because here's the truth: there are things in you that you will never be able to see on your own. Never. It's when you're involved in connections and, and relationships with others that they may be able to see things in you that you do not see. And it helps you to grow. And it challenges you. And that's the, that's the beauty of church. Well, it, it should be. And what it's all about. Our souls are powerless when we're alone. We need each other and we need each other. So here's what I wanted to do is is I just wanted to talk about just if church is handling it right. Then we should grow. And then also, how can we begin to get the most out of church? And, and, And we had this quote that we talked about when I was in basic training. And the quote was basically this, you only get out what you put in. You only get out what you put in is if you want to be the best that you can be, then you have to put in your best. And I think it's that same way for church. You only get out of church what you put in. Many of us would agree that there has been this movement when it comes to church where the mentality of church has become, what can you do for me? How can you serve me? How can you preach for me? How can you make sure that what it is that you do is best for me? And if you don't preach in the way that I want you to preach, if you don't have the music in the way that I want the music to be, if you don't have the youth ministry in the way that I want the youth ministry to be, or the way that I want the children's ministry to be, if you don't have those things in place, then I'm not interested in being a part of your congregation. We really have created this mindset and I I get it. Please don't get me wrong. This is not to judge in any way whatsoever. I understand if you have kids, you do want your kids to be in the best ministry possible to serve them and help them to be able to grow in Jesus. I I, I get that. Please don't get me wrong. And what I, as I'm saying, all I'm saying is, our mentality for church has really been become about feed me, serve me, lift me, love me, give to me, build me. It's, it's, it's become centered around me. And I venture to say that that may be what fuels people thinking that I can be a Christian without church. Because if the church doesn't meet the me requirements, then maybe I don't need church to satisfy those me requirements. But see, the church wasn't designed for me. The church was designed for we. I, I love this statement. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So, in other words, you teach me, I teach you, and then you teach someone else. That was the cycle of the church. That is why the early church was so successful in its growth and its development, is because people had the mindset I'm being reached for Jesus, I'm going to reach others for Jesus, I'm going to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ as well. So the beauty of church was really about not just being given to, but pouring out. And, and here's the beauty of this. If, if, we, if we really do practice this, I mean, just think about it. If every member of a church met the needs of the church, and every need would be met. Let me say it again cuz cuz that's another that's another tweetable statement. If every member of a church met a need, every need of the church would be met. Is it possible that we're not getting out of church because it's matching what we put into church? Are we putting in prayer? Are we putting in our time, our talents, our giftings? Are we putting in our abilities? Are we putting in investment into others? Are we putting in the things that's going to allow others to be able to grow as well? So how do we, how do we get the most out of church is by being able to pour more into it as well. And I want to make this really clear. I don't want it to be a situation where you are in a church that abuses your gifts, your talents, your abilities. It's not about that either. Because I've seen where people will use our pastors, specifically pastors I'm speaking to us, where we will use this kind of teaching to justify being spiritually abusive. And that's not healthy either. No one grows from that. I mean, just think about it. Jesus invested in the disciples. In a loving way, he poured out into them. He washed their feet. And then the disciples took what they learned from Jesus and they implemented that and gave that into the lives of others. That, my friends, is what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. So, here at Encounter, here is what we are doing to help others to be able to grow. In their relationship with God, because we're talking about how, right? We're talking about how. And and so with this, I want to encourage you, find your one and be the one. Here's what I mean by that. Is encounter, what we want to do is we want to try to create the kind of relationships where as you're getting to know someone else, that you find yourself in a place where you can share like, hey, here's who I really am. Here's my gifts. Here's my struggles. Here's my wrestles. And that you would find someone here at encounter that you could do that with, where you could be that person with, and then also that they will encourage you and build you and strengthen you as well. Find your one and be the one for someone else. Find your one. And I do, I have that here at encounter. There's someone who's here whom I have really opened up to who knows my struggles, who knows my weaknesses, my temptations. Like this person knows me. Because again, I wouldn't ask you at Encounter or any other church, because that's what you need at your church. If you are going to be the best yourself that you could be, is you need someone that you can share your weaknesses to. Jesus, when he was with the disciples, said, hey, I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray with me. Because this was the night before he was betrayed. This no, this was the night that he was betrayed. And he knew he was about to face the cross. He was struggling. And he said, guys, I I really need you to pray with me in this moment. Jesus revealed his vulnerability. So those are the kind of relationships that we need where we can reveal our vulnerabilities. Then how do we get the best out of churches? Is serve. Not just focus on being served. I mean, that's part of it is you do want to find a church that speaks to you, that encourages you, that challenges you. But you also want to find a church where you can serve. Utilizing your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your strengths. Find a place where you can commit to. Where you can actually become a member of. And then becoming a member, you're just simply saying, hey, I can be counted here to be a part of this body. Making a difference here. Making a difference here. Step out and make a commitment. Do that. Grow and invest. As I said before, find out how At the church, you can be invested in and help you to be able to grow, to be the best version of yourself that you can be. But also make a commitment to invest in others. Eventually, this is my dream. My dream is to create at Encounter, and I don't know what other churches are are, are shooting for, but I'm hoping they're doing the same thing as well. My dream is to create at Encounter a place where someone can come to and someone could say, hey, this is what my struggle is, and know that someone's going to invest in them and say, well, hey, let me walk through this journey with you. Let me walk on this path with you. And wouldn't it be beautiful if that person walking on that journey with someone could be you? Where you are helping them to be able to grow and to develop and become the best version of themselves that they can be. But what we're doing at Encounter is we're eventually we're creating what we're calling a growth track. And basically what's going to happen with this growth track is the first step is, what does it mean to be a part of the encounter family? And we'll talk about that. And then we'll the, set, the next part of our growth track will be connected to our core values. Love up, love out, love in, love up. So that's going to be called foundations. And in foundations, we're going to look at what does it really mean to believe in Jesus Christ and who he is? And what does that look like? And what does it look like to begin to live a life that follows him? So we'll create foundations and then love out. We're going to talk about living on mission. Every single one of us, we have a mission here on this planet to where if we're utilizing our gifts and our talents and our abilities, we're coming alongside people who are wrestling, who are struggling. And and maybe your gifts and your passions are wired for youth. Maybe they're wired for the homeless. Maybe they're wired for serving women. Maybe they're wired for serving men. Maybe they're wired for serving prisoners. Maybe they're wired for, I I don't know. I don't know what your gifting and your life experience is designed to wire you to serve, but that's what we will find out together and help you to begin to take steps to be able to do that. And then love in is invest. And the idea behind that is how do we begin to develop a mentoring type relationship with others where I'm helping them to grow in their relationship with God. People are investing in me. I am investing in others. We're creating a cycle of investment and in growth and development. And so I just want to encourage you that that's what you want to get involved in. Now, again, I, I've talked about encounter a lot and what we're designed to do and how we're building my prayer is that you find a church whether it's here at encounter or not. And I'm being selfish. I'll be flat out honest being selfish. I would love to have you at encounter, but I recognize that encounter is not the place for everyone. So find a place that is loving and pursuing God and how to be the best for him. And also find a place not only where you can be served, But find a place where you can serve and invest and give and build and strengthen. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of the Encounter Podcast family. And again, I I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Hopefully what it's done is giving you a vision like, oh, you know, that is the kind of church that I want to be a part of. Well, like I said, whether you choose Encounter or not. I really do hope that it helps you in understanding this. But the truth is we, we can't. We can't reach the full limits of our spiritual potential alone. And let me tell you, Jesus, if there's anyone who could reach the full depth of their potential alone, it would have been Jesus. But the very first thing that he did before he started, when he started his ministry, is he found 12 other guys. He found 12 other guys to invest in and to build up so that he wouldn't be doing ministry alone. So if Jesus needs connections and relationships, how much more do we? How much more do we? Well, as I said before, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I really do hope that it has been an encouragement to you. We're we're starting to get to a point where we're going to land this plane soon. And looking at this idea of being the best of us. So what we've done with the spiritual disciplines is we've looked at now the spiritual disciplines where they build us. And now we're going to begin to, to gradually shift into what spiritual disciplines can we use to begin to invest in others? What soul solutions can we begin to build our lives around so that we are investing in others? Because really that is where you get the most out of your spiritual life is not only are you being fed into, but also are you pouring out? Well, again, it counters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, because it is true that if we're growing in our relationship with him, we're going to begin to see the world as he sees it. And the motivation for that would be to love others. And also love in, be the best version of yourself. That you can be. Love yourself. And what you'll find is the more you are in love with God, the more that you're loving others, you begin to see more things that you love about yourself too. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church Podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it'll also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.